God bless you. God bless you. May he give you strength. May he lift you up. However you are and wherever you are in the midst of all of the turmoil and chaos, may he give you a spirit of inner peace that comes from trusting him. I'd like to pray for us all, and then we're going to open our Bibles to the 23rd Psalm. Oh, great King, we honor you as the only source of peace. We honor you as the one who always tells the truth, who always blesses, who always cares, who hears our prayers, who comes to us in our hour of need. We turn to you now, Father. And in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, I would ask you to, to speak a blessing over all who hear these words, young and old, near and far, strong and weak. May you bless them, Lord. Bless them with, with fortification. Edify them within. Strengthen them. Bless their relationships. Bless their work. Let them prosper, Father. Let those who are sick be healed. Those who are lonely find fellowship. Those who are confused find answers. And those who are afraid find courage. You can do this, our God, with just a word. And we ask you to speak that word. And we pray in the name of Christ. And all the church said, When did the craziness of the last few months hit you? Was it when you were for the first time standing in a grocery store checkout line, neatly spaced six feet behind the patron in front of you? Was it when you heard a New York City doctor describe how her hospital was so overwhelmed with COVID patients that they had to bring a refrigerated truck to hold the dead? Maybe it was when you visited your grandma in the nursing home but had to stand outside the window talking to her on your phone. Or, or maybe it was when you heard the reporter state that unemployment is the worst it's been since the Great Depression. And the data, the numbers, the figures. Oh, my 100,000, over 100,000 dead, 40 million unemployed. Maybe it was the protests. Maybe it was the lootings. These last months... Well, they feel like a dream, feel like a nightmare, feel like a novel, like a, like a dolly painting, people wearing masks, churches canceling services. What do you mean? No, graduation. How are you coping? You know, in changing times, I can think of no more important step than to focus on the unchanging character of God. And I can think of no scripture that helps us understand the unchanging character of God more than this one, the beloved 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside the still waters, and he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. 
Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I ask you, do more beloved words exist? Framed and hung in hospital halls and scratched on prison walls, quoted by the young and, and whispered by the dying. In these lines, the sailors have found a harbor and the frightened have found a father and the strugglers have found a friend. And because the passage is so, is so deeply beloved, it is widely known can you find ears on which these words have never fallen? Sung in music to a hundred songs, translated in a thousand tongues, domiciled in a million hearts. And, and one of those hearts is probably yours. I'm curious, what kinship do you feel with the 23rd Psalm? Where do the words transport you? To a fireside, to, to a graveside, to a bedside? Let's turn to these words. I think we need a, a deep dose of the 23rd Psalm. This week and the next four, let's drink deeply from this well of strength. A handful of you might recall when we as a church studied this Psalm. The year 1998 was a long time ago. I think we're overdue a revisit. And what a timely, timely contemplation. Each passage is rich. Each promise is worth memorizing. We need go no further than the very first phrase to find our first dose of strength. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. You want to really know who God is? David says, you need to know that Yahweh, is my shepherd. Yeah, that's a foreign, foreign word to us, but it wasn't to David. Yahweh, that Hebrew name, that way God introduced himself to Moses through the burning bush, that name was, was fresh and meaningful to David. In fact, you might say that the rest of the 23rd Psalm is just helping us understand the first word, the name Yahweh. You see, Yahweh is God's name. You might call me a, a preacher or a writer or a half-baked golfer. Those are accurate descriptions, but, but they aren't my names. I might call you dad or mom or teacher or student, and those terms might describe you, but they're not your name. And if you want to call me by my name, just say Max. And if I want to call you by your name, I say it. And if you want to call God, by God's name, he says, call me Yahweh, Yahweh. God has told us his name, how he must long to be close to us. Now, God never gives a definition of the word or the name Yahweh. And we kind of wish Moses had requested one. <laughs> Scholars have studied this name, trying to find the significance it sounds 
strikingly close to the Hebrew verb to be, hava, and it's quite possibly a combination of the present tense form, I am, and the causative form, I cause to be. Yahweh then seems to be a combination of I am and I cause. God, in other words, Yahweh, in other words, is the one who is and the one who causes. Why is that important? Why does that matter? Because we need a big God. And if God is the one who is, then he is an unchanging God. Think about it. Do you know anyone who, who goes around saying, I am? How are you? I am. How you been? I am. <laughs> we always add another word. I am happy or I am sad or I've been tired or even I am max. God doesn't need to do so. He doesn't need to do so. I am he says, and we wait for him to add a phrase. But God needs no descriptive word. Why? Because he never changes. He never changes. He is who he is and always has been. His immutability motivated the psalmist to declare in Psalm 102, 27, but thou art the same. The writer is saying, you are the one who is. You never change. Yahweh is an un changing God. He's also this. He's also an uncaused God. Yes, he creates, but he was never created. He makes, but he was never made. He causes, but he was never caused. Hence the psalmist's proclamation, before the mountains were born or you brought forth the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God is Yahweh. He is an unchanging God, an uncaused God. And one more, he is an ungoverned God. Boy, we've been reminded lately, haven't we, that we are governed. The weather determines what we wear. The terrain tells us how to travel. A pandemic dictates our actions. Gravity describes or, or governs our speed and health determines our strength. Now, we may challenge these forces. And we may alter them slightly, but we never remove them. Yet Yahweh, our shepherd, <laughs> he doesn't check the weather. He makes it. He doesn't defy gravity. He created it. He isn't affected by health. Jesus said God is spirit. And since he has no body, he has no limitations. Listen, he is equally active right now in Cambodia and Connecticut. David asked, where can I go to get away from your spirit? Where can I run from you? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I lie down in the grave, you are there. He is unchanging. He is uncaused. He is ungoverned. And these are only a fraction of God's qualities. But my friend, aren't they enough? Aren't they enough to give you a glimpse of your shepherd? of your Yahweh. Don't we need this kind of shepherd? Don't we need an unchanging shepherd? We need a Yahweh. We've had enough change, haven't we? Relationships change, health changes, politics change, the weather changes, but the Yahweh the Yahweh who ruled the earth last night is the same who will rule the world tomorrow. He has the same convictions. He has the same mood. He has the same plan. 
He has the same love. He never changes. He never changes. You can no more alter God than a pebble can alter the rhythm of the Pacific Ocean. We have and we need an unchanging shepherd. We have an uncaused shepherd. No one breathed life into our Yahweh. No one sired him. No one gave birth to him. No one fought him up. No one caused him. No act brought him forth. And hear this, since no act brought him forth, no act can take him out. Does he tremble at a tornado? Does he fear an earthquake? Our Yahweh can sleep through a storm and he can speak a word to the, to the winds and silence them. Pandemics do not trouble him. Cemeteries do not disturb him. He was here before they came. He'll be here after they're gone. He is uncaused and he's ungoverned. He's ungoverned. Counselors can comfort you in the storm, but you need a God who can still the storm. Friends can hold your hand at your deathbed, but you need a Yahweh who has defeated the grave. Philosophers debate the meaning of life, but you need a Lord who can tell you the meaning of our existence. You need a Yahweh. You need a Yahweh. You need a God who can place a hundred billion stars in our galaxy and a hundred billion galaxies in the universe. You need a God who can shape two fists of flesh into 75 to a hundred billion nerve cells, each with as many as 10,000 connections to other nerve cells, place it in a skull and call it a brain. You need a God who, while so mind-numbingly mighty, can come in the soft of the night and touch you with the tenderness of an April snow. You need a Yahweh. And according to David, you have one. And you know what? He is your shepherd. He's your shepherd. Now that's a wonderfully poetic and comforting thought until you stop and think, in order for God to be my shepherd, I have to admit that I am a sheep of all God's animals. A sheep is one I'm not sure I want to be. The sheep is least able to take care of himself. Think about it. Sheep are dumb. They're dumb. Have you ever met a sheep trainer? Have you ever seen sheep tricks? Know anyone who has taught his sheep to roll over? Ever witnessed a sideshow featuring Mazadon and his jumping sheep? No, sheep are too dumb. And you know what? They're defenseless. You can likely outrun a sheep. And sheep don't have claws. Sheep won't bite you. That's why you never see a sheep. They see sheep as, as team mascots. We've heard of the St. Louis Rams and the Chicago Bulls and the Seattle Seahawks. But the New York Lambs? Who wants to be a lamb? You couldn't even stir up a decent yell for the cheerleaders to use. We are the sheep. We don't make a peep. Victory is yours to keep. But count us if you want to sleep. What's more, sheep are dirty. A cat can clean itself. So can, to a degree, a dog. We see a bird in a bird bath, even a, a bear in a river. But <laughs> sheep, 
They get dirty and stay that way. Come on, David. Come on. Couldn't you have thought of a better metaphor? Surely he could have. After all, this is the great David, the poet. David, the great king. David, the great worship leader. This is David who outran Saul and he outgunned Goliath. Why didn't he choose something other than sheep? How about this? The Lord is my commander in chief and I am his warrior. There, I like that. I mean, a warrior gets a uniform and a, and a weapon, maybe even a medal. Or the Lord is my inspiration and I am his singer. I like that too. We are in God's choir. What a flattering assignment. Or how about this? The Lord is my king and I am his ambassador. Who wouldn't like to be a spokesperson for God? Everyone stops when the ambassador speaks. Everyone listens when God's minstrel sings. Everyone applauds when God's warrior passes. But who notices when the sheep show up? Who notices when sheep sing or, or speak or act? Only one person does, and that is the shepherd. And you know what? I think that's precisely David's point. Sheep are, are dumb. They are dirty. They are defenseless. And at the risk of offending you, can I just remind you that those three words describe us as well? I, I don't mean to offend you, but who among us can say for certain we know what's going to happen tomorrow or next month? Or next year, we've learned, haven't we? This world can get derailed. We don't know what the future holds. We're not that bright. Sometimes our forecast becomes more of a fear cast because we don't know what the future holds. And we're not too clean either. I mean, physically we may be fine, but spiritually, don't we need somebody to clean us, to bathe us? to wash us, to cover us in grace, to cleanse us of our transgressions. That's what we have in our shepherd. And we're defenseless. We're defenseless. Defenseless against the attacks of the devil. We need a, we need a shepherd to encircle us, to come alongside, to go in front, to go behind, to stand to the right, to stand to the left, and yes, to indwell us. And he does. He does, praise be to his name. He protects us from the attacks of the devil. Now come to think of it, you know, being a sheep is not a bad thing. It would be a bad thing if you didn't have a shepherd. But we have one. We have a good shepherd. And his name is Yahweh. Yeah, when David, who was a warrior, who was a minstrel, who was an ambassador, searched for an illustration of God, he went back in his mind all the way back to those days early in his life when he was a shepherd. And he remembered how he lavished attention on his sheep. You see, the only job of a shepherd is to care for the sheep. He took care of them day and night. He slept with them. He watched over them. And I can just picture David when he wants to write a song that commemorates the character of God that speaks to people in troubled times. He says, oh, I tell you who God is. God is 
to us like I was to that little flock of sheep in the hills of Bethlehem. He cares for us. He watches over us. He leads us. He guides us. He makes us lie down. He anoints our heads with oil. He makes sure that our cup is overflowing. And when that time comes to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he will lead us. His rod and his staff, they will comfort us. And oh my goodness, goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy. They're kind of like the sheepdogs. They come up behind us and they follow us all the days of our life. That's good news. That's good news. And that's who your shepherd is. But the question is, have you made him your shepherd? Can you say what David said? He said, the Lord is my shepherd. Can you say that? Can you say with assurance, the Lord is my shepherd? Our world has been rocked over the last few weeks. We feel like we've been knocked off our feet a time or two. And maybe God has used this to reveal to you that you have depended upon sources of strength that are short-term and insufficient. Maybe you've put your trust in your savings account. Or maybe you've put your trust in your ability to stay healthy. Maybe you've put your trust in, in global peace. And wherever you've placed your trust, you're beginning to think, you know, I can lose my savings account and I can try to be healthy but inhale the wrong virus. And by goodness, this world doesn't feel as peaceful as it did just a few months ago. Could it be that God is using this as a wake-up call for you for you, my friend, for you, for you to be able to say what David said, the Lord is my shepherd. He is my shepherd. I want to invite you to call out to God and say, I want you to be my shepherd. It's not enough for you to look around at your church and say, well, the Lord is our shepherd or to look around at your family and say, well, the Lord is our shepherd. Or to think of your ancestry and say, well, the Lord is our shepherd. No, God wants to be a personal shepherd to you. He wants you to reach up to him and say, please be my shepherd. I acknowledge that I am a sheep, that I need someone to protect me. I need someone to cleanse me. I need someone to lead me. I want you to be my shepherd. If you've never done that, my friend, do so. Do so. Let this season of struggle in which we have found ourselves be used for good because it calls upon you to call upon your good shepherd. Do so. You need a shepherd. You need an uncaused God. You need an ungoverned God. You need a God who is greater than your problems. And you have one. But it avails you nothing if you don't, in your heart of hearts, say, please, be my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Years ago, a chaplain in the French army used the 23rd Psalm to encourage soldiers before battle. And he would encourage them to repeat the opening line of the Psalm, ticking off one finger at a time. The Lord is my shepherd. 
And he would have them go through it over and over again. In fact, I encourage you to do so. The Lord is my shepherd. The chaplain placed special emphasis upon the message of the index finger. My shepherd. My shepherd. And he reminded the soldiers that God is a personal shepherd with a personal mission to get them home safely. Did the chaplain's words find their mark? In the life of one man, they did. After a battle, one of the young soldiers was found dead, his right hand clutching the index finger of the left. The Lord is my shepherd. Reach up and take the hand of your shepherd. Declare today that you trust in the one who will not be troubled, who will not be dissuaded, who has already set his mission in in gear. He is our shepherd. My friend, we do not know how many more days of life we have. We just don't. We do not know except that these events might be signaling the second coming, the return of Jesus Christ. And his promise is to come and gather his flock and take them into a pasture. A pasture that knows no graves, that knows no tears, that knows no anguish, that knows no anxiety, that knows no pandemics. But he will not take you if you do not accept his invitation. So I feel led to ask you just one more time. Are you sure? Are you sure? Have you reached up and taken the hand of your shepherd? Have you called out to him? If not, you can do so right now. I'd like to lead us in a prayer. And for those of us who call upon Christ as our good shepherd, this will be an affirmation of our faith. But for those of you who never have, no matter how old you are, no matter where you are, I'm asking you to repeat this prayer in your heart. If you want to say it out loud, do so. But don't don't let this service come to an end. With any doubt in your mind, make sure that you believe in the good shepherd. Oh, heavenly father, Heavenly Father, we bless you and thank you. We praise your mighty and your holy name. Your name and your your name alone is worthy of, of recognition and applause. And today we declare, Heavenly Father, thank you for being our shepherd. Just thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. Thank you that in a troubling time we have a certain good a, a certain source of hope. We can turn to you. We can always look up and we can see you leading us and guiding us. And we thank you for these words. And today we say, you are our shepherd. Let's affirm our faith. Dear God, I accept you as my Savior. I ask you to forgive my sin, to include me in your flock, and to lead me safely home. In the name of Jesus Christ, Amen. Amen. No one knows when or how this crazy season will end, but we do know this. We have a shepherd. We have a Yahweh, and he will lead us home. Now go in the great grace and peace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And remember that the one who came still comes, and the one who spoke still speaks.